0: Welcome back, everybody. So, anyways, you probably heard the trailer of this podcast. And, again, I'm Papa Bear. You know, let's get down to the basics about this stuff. On set, you know, I'm, I'm an independent film producer. And and just to get lay out some groundwork, what independent means is I don't work for the studios. Do I want to work for the studios? It'd be cool. They pay a lot better. Um, but the studios are like Paramount, Universal, Warner Brothers, uh... All the, all the big guys, are all out there. And then everyone that's outside of those five or six big guys, it's going to be us independents. You know? So what we do is, uh, independence is a fancy way of saying, uh, I'm always unemployed and I'm always trying to hustle and finding work. So anyways, it's not that bad, but <clears throat> that's what we do. So what, working in Hollywood, what it's been is, you know, we've been here going on 10 years now. We got here uh, right around August of 2009. Previously, for about 20 plus years, I was in the ministry, uh, pastoring, you know, planting churches. Do main, mainly doing youth ministries. That's probably was my biggest uh, strength. And over the years, I really had a, probably a lot more. Uh, years of influencing uh, teenagers, college age, and so we, uh, we we were busy doing that, and then we transitioned over what we call from pulpit to production, so now we're in production the last 10 years, and it, it's been a journey. Uh, this this journey's been, been interesting, and, you know, I'll, I'll go more into details, <clears throat> maybe within future episodes, you know, but I think it's important just to kind of lay out some groundwork. People always wonder, like, what you know what's this podcast about and so on and even even this you know talked about how all of a sudden we're launching a podcast it's everything always kind of comes in surprising ways you know so you know this story i could go into a bit later too but you know i i know it's important to kind of understand like what's the perspective of this person so that you know where i'm coming from so where i'm coming from is that I was a preacher. I was pastoring, you know, and I also preach if my friends invite me. Um, but for the most part, that's not my focus as much. I think what our biggest contribution to uh, the world now was actually being uh, pastors to, you know, to production. In other words, we, we've got a lot of friends that are in Hollywood that, you know, from actors to screenwriters and and you know, uh, behind the camera, front of the camera, producers that work. We like to just kind of be a positive light too. So, you know, our ministry now is on set. So, because of that, I have my own business. It's uh, called The Fourth Man Productions. You can go to thefourthmanproductions.com. I might stick a link to this podcast up there. But what that is, you'll see some of the work we've done. Um, Things that we're working on. We've got two really great projects right now. One that we've been working on for a little while called American Mijo. That is a uh, comedy, with a lot of uh, you know different urban Hispanic com- uh, comic stand-up comics. we we'll bring them together, um, <clears throat> and it's going to have a nice flavor to it. Kind of, it's leaning more like a family-oriented barbershop or. Um, or Fridays, or next Friday, that kind of vibe, so it's, you know, that, the script is hilarious, written by Dennis Gaxiola, stand-up comic, you could see him if you go to my Facebook page, uh, Johnny Murillo, you'll see him there, I always post his stand-up that he's doing, it's an incredible script, so, um, that movie is one that we're working on, we're getting really close to, you know, getting funding to that one, uh, we're hoping we'll go into production on that one, 2019, uh, you'll see also, I have another project called Lady of Guadalupe, So that one, you know, that one is uh, another one written by uh, an award-winning film uh, director named Pedro Brenner. He's from Mexico City. Pedro's got a really interesting story as well. You know, he's kind of lived all over the world. Uh, His parents are originally from Europe, and, uh, but he was born and raised in Mexico City. His mother was a opera singer. So they, because of her being an opera singer, they traveled, and uh, somehow they settled in Mexico City, and he was raised there. His dad was uh, also big in politics in Mexico, so and he's a great guy, uh, a prolific writer, very intelligent. Uh, he knows the history of Mexico like the back of his hand. So he wrote this really awesome screenplay called Lady de Guadalupe, and it's about the story of La Virgen de Guadalupe. If you know that story, if you can tell by my slight accent, I am Hispanic, and uh so that story is is a period piece goes back to 1500s where uh juan diego was an aztec indian that he uh, had an encounter with the virgin mary and bam all over the world now you have people with tattoos and murals and uh um statues of the virgin mary and you know if you know that one that i'm talking about where she's there with the A gown with stars on it. That's the vision he had. (coughs) So this one, Pedro came in with that script. And he goes, let's produce this one. Uh, We're working with some uh, uh, financiers right now. Uh, As a matter of fact, today we got a great phone call with that one. That's looking at getting some funding as well. So we're going to produce that one uh, hopefully in 2019 as well. We've got some big things attached to that one. The um, distribution behind the Passion of Christ and God's Not Dead are also... Uh, uh, they also gave us a letter of intent for, for the Lady of Guadalupe. So, yeah, there's some big things. You know, we, we've got a lot going on. Um, put together some pitch packages for um, these uh, other movies that we're putting together, a superhero franchise uh, written by Eduardo Shelinski. Eduardo is the uh, good friend of mine, too. He's also the great-great-grandnephew of uh, Cantin Plus. So you remember who Cantinplas is? Uh, he was kind of like the Charlie Chaplin of Mexico and popular around the world. And anyway, so I work with Eduardo, his great-great-grandnephew, and we uh, we we got a whole superhero kind of I call it a dysfunctional superhero franchise. So a um, lot of fun, fun stories there. So we got these are the things that are coming up in 2019, and I thought it was great to the idea of Launching a podcast because, you know, everybody needs to have their voice out there. What I've been seeing is, you know, there's um, the great division. I don't know if you're hearing my phone text come in. That's actually my son texting me. Um, So there's. There's some divisions going on right now within our country that that, you know, they need to be addressed. And if you're like me, you're kind of stuck in the middle. You know, I'm not uh, I don't I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I am. I'm an independent voter. I'm an independent preacher and I'm independent producer. And my saying is nobody owns me. In other words, I like to do what I do according to my values, and, you know, I I carry a lot of biblical values, and I carry a lot of, uh, uh, I I don't like big government at all, Um, so there's a lot of political opinions that I have, especially going on right now, there's a, you know, when it comes to... uh, Uh, current political environment when it comes to uh, uh, the church environment you know I have my opinions about that I have my opinions about production as well you know there's a lot of things going on so I think having a voice is super important and if you don't create an opportunity or a platform for you to express yourself it could just become uh you know it could it could it could what I'm finding myself it could just be a bunch of thoughts and craziness going on in my mind and I'm like, you know what? I just need to express this. When I was pastoring, I could express it every single Sunday, and my former congregations know what my opinions were. So <clears throat> now, you know, this will be my uh, my platform. But I, I I like the idea of getting conversations going. It's important. I, I've been, you know, you always hear about my my mother's generation called the Great Generation, the Baby Boomers, and then you're hearing about my children's generation, the Millennials how uh, they are the worst generation and i don't you know I, i i see both perspectives those of you that are my age um we're like 80s and you know 80s kids late 70s 80s early 90s we have a different perspective we're kind of stuck in the middle here and our opinions are almost getting drowned out because people are always praising one generation and smacking the other and and i've kind of been guilty of doing both for two both generations so i think it's important that we kind of get this conversation going because we actually just might be the ones that maybe bring some kind of healing to this dialogue you know you got the worst of the worst of both uh generations you got the best of the best of both a lot of people are talking about the millennial generation how you know they're a bunch of crybabies and whiners and they're the ones that got all the uh you know everyone on soccer team got a participation trophy no one got the mvp There was no points for baseball, you know, all that kind of stuff. So they didn't let anyone tally up scores. There was no winners. And that created this generation we have now. And let me tell you something, I totally agree with that. I was always against any kind of nonsense of let's just make all these boys or girls make them feel special, and let's you know let's not have any winners or losers. And that was the stupidest philosophy you could ever come up with. That was the dumbest thing because all that created was a sense of false hope. So now you have this whole generation walking into that they're always going to win. And when they come into reality, they realize that it's not true. You don't always win. You're going to have failures in life. And when you don't you're not prepared to have failures, then what's going to happen is you're going to just go into a corner and whine and cry, or you're going to throw yourself on the floor at Walmart and throw a tantrum because you didn't get your toy or something like that. And, you know, it's, it just creates this, uh, this generation that they're doing what they're doing now. They're Antifa, they're out there protesting. Uh, one of the most disgusting things I saw, I think it was up in Oregon where, Uh, this elderly man was trying to drive his car. These protesters were there. And the man puts his window down and says, I want to go that way. And here's this young, dumb girl saying, "Uh, no, you can't. And he's like, well, why can't I? She says, because I said so. And there she was in this total rebellion, empowered by other people with with a rebellious heart. And they're stopping this elderly man, which they should have had some respect for, because the guy probably was a, a veteran. And they had zero respect for that that, that man. And, you know, the the guy had to go around the block because they wanted to make their point of how they don't like the way things are going. And, you know, that's not the kind of dialogue we're supposed to be having. That's not the kind of society that we want to live in. Now, I get it because a lot of these kids have some anger issues because they were probably raised fatherless. or they were raised without any discipline or they were raised in poverty. So I get it. They have some issues. But going out there and, and... Tearing apart buildings and burning down towns like they did in, you know, uh, all these different cities and all that. Just because they're not getting their way, that's not the way it should be done. We're going to lose what we have here in this country. And I've traveled all over the world as, as a minister and doing missions work. And I've been to the poorest countries. And I've been to, obviously, we live in the wealthiest country. And I've been to some, some Western countries. And... You know we have something really, really good here, and if we don't preserve it, we're going to lose it. And this idea that we can, we can throw social temper tantrums because we don't get our way, uh, is is not the way to go. It doesn't. It, all it's doing is just breeding more division, and that has to stop. You know. So we need to figure this one out. So, you know, we need to talk about that. So those are my grounds, you know. Like I said on set, they'll call me Papa Bear. I have one of my makeup artists, uh, she loves to call me that. And, uh, and, you know, and I just thought about it. Well, you know, let's, let's get this discussion going. So I'm going to have some guests on here, here and there. But we'll talk about a bunch of different things, you know, uh, from social media to the news. I'm looking at the news right now and things I'm just like, you know, we got the big... Um, Uh, government shutdown going on and there's one story about Nancy Pelosi's in Hawaii and when the government shut down and Trump stayed at home for Christmas because the government shut down all this ridiculous grandstanding I'm like look I get it just fix the stupid thing you know just fix the thing let's let's get this government going again and as a matter of fact while you get it going why don't you trim down some of the fat because we have a lot of bureaucrats That's just killing our country. The giant is bleeding. If you ever hear the term, how to kill a giant, you just, you just bleed it to death. That's what's happening. So let me tell you, if you're listening to me right now and you don't understand how the government works, can you get some old history books out? Not the current ones, the revisions histories. Go back to get some old history books out and do some real study on the, on the history of our nation. And, and recognize how government should be working. It shouldn't be this big old mama with a chichi that everybody gets to suck off of and that's how we're supposed to live. Because sooner or later that chichi is going to dry up. So if we don't get that fixed, it's going to be, uh, it, it's gonna be a slow suicide and we're all going to be guilty of it. So those are just things that we gotta figure out. So if you know any politicians, tell them to get their, get their crap together, man. They gotta get this country going again. They gotta trim the fat and this idea that both parties, Republicans and Democrats, both of them tick me off because they both have agendas and they both have their, uh, their lobbying interests and they both have their corporate contacts and corporate partners that are funding this whole thing. You know, the, the warmongers want war because there's a, war is a business. And you got people that are, that are upset because the president wants to pull troops out of Syria. You know, of course they're going to be upset because they're going to lose business. You know, the more war we're in, the more bullets are shot and the more bullets need to be created. And the more these bullet making companies and gun making companies can tax the government and or charge the government that comes out of our taxes. It's a big freaking business. So all that stuff, you got to have a good understanding of this. So do some research and start disconnecting from your political party so that you can be solo owned. I was disgusted here in California for midterm elections because the stupidest thing I saw was when the gas tax passed. That was the that showed me right there how stupid California voters are. How is it that I think was it was it passed by like sixty percent or something like that? How is it that Californians voted to keep the tax? the the gas tax high, the way it was, whatever the percentage was, plus to give carte blanche to politicians that they don't have to ask us anymore if they can put it on the gas tax. I'm like, how ridiculous was that I was so disgusted with California voters, not the ones that were intelligent that did the research, not the ones that were reading the props like we did. We read every single one. We did our research. My wife is an intelligent researcher. She, She read every single one. We knew how to vote. But there were people that just voted because it was a party line vote or because they saw some commercial. Let me tell you something, all those political commercials, they're funded by people that are gonna make money off those things. So don't be like, oh, I love that one commercial that made me cry, so I'm gonna vote that way. That's the most ridiculous thing. It's like watching a soap opera that makes you cry. You're gonna go back and watch it again because it touches your emotion. When you vote, it can't be emotional. It has to be based on facts and history and precedents. So when I saw that this past election, I was disgusted. I was like, I can't believe that happened. And I'm born and raised in California. This is my state, man. And I would love to get the state back in line again. But it is what it is. And here we go. I think we're paying a buck more than anyone else in gas. I have friends all over the nation. And when I see them posting their gas prices, I'm like, I hate you guys. You know, we always pay a buck more just because uh the the way our government our state government set up so that that was a big sign to me and hopefully next elections we're going to have some intelligent voting going on you know and it's contributing to our 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 state you know And and i love this state believe me i was born and raised here this is my state i live in northern california i live in southern california and uh this is my state and i want to see it healthy and the way we're going right now it's not looking that way so we're going to have to make some, some decisions here as voters. So that's that's that growl, you know. Other things that we can growl about, but just some things to think about, you know. I'll send you through Facebook now, and actually one of my posts, uh, the last two posts, kind of funny. This is kind of a different subject here. We uh, I posted, I was shooting a commercial up here in the hills over here near Burbank. And it's just a PSA, small one. And um, <clears throat> it was just me and a videographer. And I had two actors with me. And I had this one guy, he was hiking and he, was, he walks right by me, stares at me, and he says, Oh, you're my friend, Guillermo del Toro. And if you know who Guillermo del Toro is, a famous director. Uh, you can look him up in a lot, a lot of awesome movies. And he, uh, and I looked at him and said, no, no, that's not me. And he, he argued with me. He goes, I know who you are. You can't hide it from me. And I'm like, no, no, my name's Johnny Morello. No, I, and I'm like, and I showed him my Facebook page. He said, look, that's me. And then I showed him on LinkedIn. And I said, look, that's me. And, and he's like, no, no, you're Guillermo del Toro. And then he pulls up a picture of Guillermo del Toro. And he shows it to me because I know that's you. And I looked at him like, dang, that is me. I guess it is me. I think I'm a little fatter though but um I freaked out and I finally convinced him you know it took a while but he wouldn't leave because he wanted to see me direct his PSA like I was some big dog and I'm like dude that's not me but you know you're welcome to stay and he eventually you know kept his height going and left but I was cracking up so I looked up that picture of Guillermo del Toro and I posted it on my Facebook my Instagram and I said hey look I got new glasses just to see who would notice and uh had a lot of friends say, "Oh, they look glasses look great," you know. "Oh, you're looking good," you know, all this kind of stuff. And uh, Guillermo is wearing like a lavender shirt, which one friend made a comment on. It's like a suit, kind of looks like a professor. And um, and I had people making comments like, "Oh, you look good." And then then there was the ones that they would use the laughing emoji uh, emoji, and uh, they're the ones that I knew recognize that it wasn't me, and then they'd have comments on, like, hey, well, you have new glasses and your new face, and all these other fun comments, so I, I kind of recognize that, and then my, uh, my future son-in-law, he finds this picture of another dude that looks exactly like me, I, when I saw it, I felt weird, and this guy, though, has a lot more gray than I do, um, and his beard is, you know, kind of more skanky, skanky looking than mine, and, uh, this dude, he uh, and he looked yeah, probably 5 7 years older than me. And um I freaked out when I saw that. So then I posted that one and he had some older glasses on, so I just kind of put that one on Facebook only and I said, "Hey, so I we just went back to my old glasses." Then I had the same thing. All kinds of people saying, "Why do you look so angry or um they were making comments about the glasses or they were saying like, hey, you look good, bud, or something like that. And again, I could tell the ones that recognized me uh, that they were using the laugh emoji and so on. So it was a fun conversation. But this time around though, I kept saying, no, it's not me, it's not me, it's not me. (laughs) But it was amazing to see how many people thought, man, that was me. Then I started freaking out. I was like, man, what if this dude that I'm looking at that does look like me? What if he were to go and, and what if he was a serial killer or what if he, uh, he if he ripped off a car or something? They call me into a lineup, and I'm thinking, dang, that would be crazy. And you hear about that all the time. It's taking identity, man. I, mean, I thank God for DNA testing now because that's part of the forensic. Uh, uh, science that they do to, to find criminals, so, but I kind of got freaked out, and I said, well, that, that would be crazy if that dude was some nutcase, you know, and he's probably thinking the same thing about me, because he probably Googled space or something, um, but I was thinking, you know what, food for thought is, what, what if, you know, we we're all made different, obviously, I'm not Guillermo del Toro, obviously, because he's done a lot of big movies, and I'm still on, on the bottom there, but, him and I are kind of in the same industry. He's on one end, and I'm on the other. I'm, I'm catching up to him. Hopefully, with by the end of the 2019, um, and and that that's close quarters there. But the other guy, who knows what industry he's in? Maybe he's retired. I don't know where he's at. But I'm thinking we're we're all made different. We're all we all have different fingerprints. We all have uh, different perspectives of life. We've all been through different journeys. I don't know. Guillermo del Toro's journey I don't know what he's been through I don't know this other strange guy my doppelganger guy I don't know what he's been through but I do know that we all have different journeys and you have a different journey my journey has just had so many ups and downs so many times of, of pain so many in times of prosperity as well you know uh, uh 10 years in Hollywood now it's uh It's been a journey. We've had times that things are going well, producing two shows at the same time, and things are just doing well. These are for Facebook Watch, and we're just rolling hard like big dogs in Hollywood. And then we've had times that we're going, living from motel to motel, And I'm driving Lyft, trying to make enough money to stay in a hotel that night. And my beautiful family sacrificing with me because they know that we're called and this is our purpose and and God's plan for us to be in Hollywood. So we sucked it up and we would uh, we would just, you know, just sacrifice any way we could. And I would check us into a cheap hotel I'd find on Priceline and and get my family in there, you know, and then I would take off and. Put some miles on my car, drive me, live, make enough money to get us in the hotel the next night. If I did really well, I'd get us for two, three nights in a row. And at the same time still trying to, you know, connect with production jobs in Hollywood and so on. So our journey has been so tough at times. It's gotten me to where I'm at right now though. And It doesn't matter if you have a doppelganger, which is a German word for some identical twin or something like that, or you know you have a Guillermo del Toro in your life, like he looks like you but he's a lot more successful. We all have different journeys, and it's important that you respect your journey. If you don't respect your journey, you're going to have to repeat it. We saw that with when Moses brought the uh, the children of Israel out of. Out of out of Egypt, they they for forty years they traveled in circles because they could never find peace or respect in their journey, and they kept grumbling and they kept mumbling. And finally, God's like, you know what, you dudes can't go to the next level because you're you're just you're, you're just complaining too much. There's another word I was going to use, but it's not appropriate. But you're just complaining too much, and they had to do a whole generation of circles because they couldn't go to the next level because they just weren't ready in their hearts. They couldn't respect this journey of theirs. They kept complaining about it. And their kids were finally able to go across. There was, there was, there was a whole new generation that finally went to the next level. And, and I'm talking to people that are, you're where you're at right now, what, what level are you at and what level do you want to go to? The, one of the first steps to do is quit complaining. Just quit complaining. Just Just stop, focus, forgive. On, on social media right now there's there's a one post going around saying 2019 uh, is coming I want to start it off good with uh and and so you know with, with no unforgiveness so apologize to me that was hilarious um but you know people are saying I want to I want to have you know no unforgiveness in my heart so you need to apologize to me first <laughs> people that have that position believe me it's it's you're, the roots could be so embittered in your heart, you're never gonna get your apology. Maybe someone hurt you that you uh, you that's already gone, dead out of your life, and if you hold all this bitterness, it's gonna destroy you. So I'm telling you, as we're prepping up to get into a new year, if you're prepping up to get into a new life, just stop complaining about your journey. Forgive who you have to forgive. Move forward. Just move forward. When I have my family uh, for Christmas Eve, we're Latinos, so we open our presents on Christmas Eve now. So uh, we open our presents on Christmas Eve. I told my, my kids, I said, you know, they're all adult kids now. I don't have little ones. So I'm in that, that in-between, in-between little kids and grandkids. So we have these adult holiday times now, which I'm down with. But man, it'd be nice to have some little kids back in my life. But So... I'm telling my family as we're we're opening presents, I said, look, um, you know, before we open these presents, I want to give you a thought and then we'll do this one last. But I told them, I said, I want you to think about 2018. I said, God's been giving us us gifts all year. So just think about one gift that God gave you and then we'll open presents and we'll share that last gift. (laughs) So we did that. So everyone opened their presents up and we enjoyed them. And then we're down to the last gift. And I said, "Okay, now uh, the, the last thing on everyone to do is just share. What did God give you this year? Maybe He gave you two or three things. It, it could be anything. Something materialistic, like a car, a new house, or whatever. Just whatever it might be. And so each person shared. My daughter-in-law shared. My my oldest son shared, my wife shared, my future son-in-law shared, my daughters, my my two daughters shared. And they just all, everyone shares really, really powerful time. When you reflect back and recognize the journey and how God was with you the whole time, it's so healing. It's so there's security in there. Because even your darkest moments when you can look back and recognize that. God had somehow got you through it, or maybe you were in need or something, somehow God gave you a gift, you know, when I shared mine, I reflected back on, you know, this past year, which this past year started off great, and then we had this really trying time between August and December, when we were popping around from hotel to hotel, um, I'm sure that was the year before for 2017. And this year, we uh, the the beginning of the year, we start off in uh, living in a one room suite, sleeping on mattresses on the floor, and it was a it was a blessing just to be there. We went from hotels to that, and uh, you know it was just a one room thing. And then then we're now we're in a nice nice condo or townhouse over Burbank, and so we start off the year really 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 difficultly financially. Ending it, you know, uh, we had a great last second part. So it's ending good. But I was able to share that the gift that God gave me was he took away the sting of the struggle and he replaced replaced it with the joy of the journey. So he took away the sting of the struggle and replaced it with the joy of the journey. And that's probably the best gift that God gave me. Now, there's a lot of things to growl about, and I'm gonna be growling about a lot of stuff. And we'll, you know, just I'm gonna put a podcast up here and there and just share my thoughts every time I get ticked off about something or every time I get a thought. But what I want you to think about now is what is it in your struggle that that has just been painful? It's just been like a beasting. Let God take that away from you. And then look at your journey and just find joy in it whether it's going from motel to motel or scraping pennies or just to just to get something to eat or whatever it might be find the joy in it we always laugh because when we have like almost like really really tight finances my wife can come up with the best meals and i tell her you gotta make a recipe out of these meals that are she calls them manna meals like just barely scraping it through with daily daily living but they're like the best meals and so there's joy in the journey so try to find that joy in the journey see see what you can look into you know before the year ends forgive who you have to forgive find the joy of the journey get rid of the sting of the struggle and let's make 2019 a good year for all of us it's time to go to the next level i i want my kids to go far but i don't want to be dead when they get there i don't want to be alive with them so i tell my kids you're going to, go to new levels but I want to be there too, so let's go to the new levels, and for everybody, this has got to be a win for everybody, so anyways, I'm Papa Bear, this is Johnny Murillo, this is a Papa Bear podcast, we growled about a lot of stuff, from politics to uh, pop culture, and, uh, and talked about some really cool stuff, so just stay tuned, I'm going to put this episode up, and we will probably do another one tomorrow, let's kind of get these out there, and So share it if you don't mind and let people know if they want to hear Papa Bear growl, uh, this is the place to do it. Take care. God bless.